listener production. US stocks suffer some vertigo with the Dow Jones, S&P 500 and NASDAQ each retreating overnight. And Aussie shares expected to slip on Wednesday ahead of wages data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 21st of February. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. We've got the S&P 500 down by around three quarters of a percent as we record the NASDAQ down by almost one and a half, the Dow down by about 0.2 of a percent. Some big outcomes in the next session that they're very mindful of. They are indeed, Tom. We've got the third most valuable US company, NVIDIA, the chip maker, and that will be issuing its latest report. So it's highly anticipated. And of course, investors are worried that NVIDIA's quarterly results expected aftermarket close on Wednesday may not justify its lofty valuation. And of course, there's been a frenzy around artificial intelligence, and that may hurt some of that optimism. So Wall Street expects earnings of $4.56 a share, a rising quarterly revenue to $20.4 billion US dollars from $6.1 billion a year ago. That's eye-watering, that move. I suppose they weren't the only ones that were tarred with the brush of the week longs, I suppose. You had applied materials down by about 5% as well. Advanced micro devices were down by a similar amount. Uh, of the top 100 NASDAQ stocks, you tended to see uh, those familiar names. Uh, in negative territory by a decent margin. Tesla down by 4%, Airbnb down by around 3%. And it wasn't a surprise that when you looked at the sector breakdown, it was the technology stocks that were leading the declines. Well, we saw super microcomputer down by 11.3% at one stage, and it was down 20% on Friday as investors took a break from bidding on the stock is a big beneficiary of strong AI outcomes. In addition, you also had weakness where consumer discretionary stocks were concerned and energy names as well. We've seen an underwhelming reopening of China following post the Lunar New Year, and that has uh, cast a bit of a pall over things as well more broadly. So, you know, I mean, these are conversations that we've heard from time to time, and they can be used to exaggerate the situation in the absence of anything more scientific. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. And it wasn't all bad news because we saw Walmart hit a record high. It's up about 3% after the US retail giant forecast fiscal 2025 sales largely above market expectations and raised its annual dividend by 9%. And there was some uh, mergers and acquisitions activity as well. So uh, you saw shares in uh, the Discover group rise by around 14%. And this is after uh, one of its peers, Capital One, made moves to acquire the organization. So these are, would you call them second? I'd probably call them third tier banks. But the consolidation means that you're going to have um, the it was some of the largest credit card providers in the country come together. And it was interesting to read, Ryan, they're going to have around 400 million credit card customers. It's certainly going to expand its credit card offerings and deposit-based, Tom. So quite the merger, that one. It's going to result billion. in one of the largest regional banks. Uh, and uh, they'll be one of the biggest credit card issuers. And they reckon they can um, extract around $2.7 billion worth of synergies, which is code for cutting costs and sacking people, essentially. It's also interesting to note that Warren Buffett has backed the Consumer Bank Capital One's plans. So, of course, when he's involved, he holds a lot of sway. Things get happening and moving. If we look at US 
bond markets, we saw the US 10-year Treasury yield down by four basis points to 4.26%. The two years down six basis points to 4.6%. Of course, investors consolidated positions following last week's gains in the wake of stronger than expected producer prices data later in the week. Of course, we're looking ahead towards the minutes of the January Federal Open Market Committee or Federal Reserve meeting for more clues on US interest rates in terms of the outlook. But one of the things that did move the bond market last night, Tom, was Canadian bonds. So we did see I Canadian you'd yields. you your favourite bond market. <laughs> <laughs> we, we saw declines in UK and Canadian yields and that weighed on their US counterparts. And that's after Canada's annual inflation rate slowed significantly, more than expected, to 2.9% in January. And we also saw core measures of inflation also eased. That brought forward expectations for rate cuts in Canada on the back of that. So they're now expecting a 58% chance of a rate cut as soon as April, which I find interesting given broadly what we have seen as inflation around 5% for quite some time in Canada. But certainly the inflation target at 2% is still a little way off. Yeah, I, I suppose the fact that um, inflation in Canada came down by half of 1% in the last month, as much as in anything else, it highlights the work that the Canadians had done early on the piece. Because when they were clobbering that inflation pinata, they were not timid about it. They came out all guns blazing. and uh, They did. And that's an important distinction to make between other central banks. The other thing to note as well, the conference board leading index fell 0.4% in January to 102.7 points. That's the lowest since April 2020 when the US was in a brief recession after the onset of the pandemic and related shutdown. So that may have had a little bit of an impact on the bond market, but it doesn't really signal that a recession is ahead, Tom. No. So let's just quickly reflect on uh, UK markets because there were some things to talk about there. Uh, the Bank of England seems to be uh, equivocating on the conversation around rates and the takeout from the markets is that they seem to be moving uh, or softening their language around interest rates a little bit. Well, the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey said he was comfortable with investors betting on interest rate cuts this year, but pointed to signs that Britain's economy was picking up after falling in recession in late 2023. So the thing that stood out for me in uh, UK trade is that you saw the big miners take a knock. So Rio Tinto was down by around 3%, Anglo-American down by about 3%. And it's that aroma emanating from the Chinese sphere um, that we've seen post reopening. There are there have been numbers on uh, housing in the last day that have been softer. Iron ore inventories have uh, increased uh, all of that has contributed to uh, a knock where iron ore prices have been concerned in the last day. That's right. We saw miners shed 1.8% in European trade with investors' demand, more support for China's economy, capping gains and copper prices after a deeper than expected mortgage rate cut by the world's top metals con consumer. So broadly, what we're seeing there in China at the moment is concerns around demand for iron ore, if you look at the Singapore benchmark iron ore price, it actually fell to a three-month low yesterday. And there's mounted concerns over the demand outlook as China attempts to revive its property sector. As far as the local picture is concerned, uh, Ryan, we're going to get off to a weaker start as far as the ASX 200 is concerned. The SPY futures are pointing down by 31 points or 0.4%. So the market will be under pressure. We have seen a dip in oil prices overnight as well. Once again, on the demand outlook, people are concerned, of course, that interest rates will stay higher for longer. We won't see those rate cuts imminent. And of course, we do have 
some of that risk premium from the Israeli Hamas conflict also easing somewhat. So we saw the NYMEX price now 1.6% to 77.91 US dollars a barrel. Gold futures, however, were up 0.8% to 2039.80 US dollars an ounce. Iron ore futures, the US COMEX contract down 1.1% to 127.92 US dollars a tonne. Now, today is a big day as far as the local picture is concerned. We have got a considerable list of organizations reporting their results. Let's not savage our engagement statistics, Ryan, by running through all of them. But uh, some of the highlights, uh, Rio uh, later on, and then the NAB this morning. On top of that, uh, we've got some important figures in relation to domestic wages. Wages growth expectations are for a lift of 0.9% in the December quarter. We saw a record lift of 1.3% in the September quarter last year on the back of the lift in the minimum wage by 5.75%. Expecting to see the annual growth rate, however, steady at 4%. So any higher or lower number than 4% will move markets in terms of interest rate expectations. And just quickly, we get updates from Woolworths today, which will be in focus. Watch out for sales at its discount store chain, Big W, which could offer some clues on the cost of living pressures faced by consumers. So the Aussie dollar uh, has been the beneficiary of the US dollar falling to a two-week low. So we find it at around 65 and a half US cents. We look forward to talking to you again tomorrow morning. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.